Warning, this episode contains adult language, mature situations, Kazo Koike antics, tons of inappropriately disturbing sexual behavior, lots of fridging the girlfriend tropes, ultraviolence, and the amazingness of Ruichi Ikigami's artwork. Listener discretion is advised. Episode 404, Wounded Man. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spark and Manga Reviews, some podcasts and vain reviews about connectly enhanced narratives. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjour, and what's up? Hope all of you are doing well during this wonderful time. Hope things are going great for you. Things have been pretty good for me. I've been trying to get these podcasts out as much as I can, as evenly as I can, most importantly, on time. We've got a bunch of new shows, and I'm very excited to talk about the different news that we have today. And I'm kind of horrified to talk about the manga, but we're going to get to it. But beforehand, if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Spyrokin, as I said, is some podcast being reviews about connectly enhanced narratives. Now, what that means is every episode I talk about one or two geeky topics, and I tell you the pros and cons about it. Since we're talking about manga, obviously I'm talking about manga, and I tell you the, how the art style is, the overarching plot, the characters, the feeling you get when you read it, and most importantly, if it's worth investing your time in or not. You don't have to agree with anything that I and my co-host say, but we try to be educational, enlightening, exciting, and most importantly, entertaining. You can find any of our over 400 episodes of the Manga Review and our 600 other episodes for our other shows at www.spirakin.com. That's S-P-I-R-A-K-N.com. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Alexa, iTunes, and various other social media sites. Just type in... S-P-I-R-A-K-N, and I guarantee you'll find us one way or the other. If you want to email me personally, you can email me at Zan, that's X-A-N, at Spirekin.com, or tweet me at Spirekin. You can also join our Discord at tinyurl.com forward slash Spiradiscord. All this information is in the show notes, and remember to like, subscribe, and share this podcast. So let's actually get to it, because I'm excited to talk about some of this news, because some of the news events are really cool, and one of them is actually kind of disturbing, and that's the one we're going to open up with. And so our... Big news for the day is that translation and localization company Medibang is now in the news because of some really not ethical hiring practices. Now, for those who don't know, Mediabang is the company that was established in 2014 and handles a number of manga translations distributed to Shuisha's Manga Plus services. Uh, the big one they're known for is the English translation of Monster Number no. 8 and Tis Time for Torture Princess. They also do a lot of German and Spanish translations. But the news is that Mediabang is allegedly tr- paying manga translators 120 yen a page, i.e. they're getting paid a dollar a page. Now, according to translators Miru and David Evelyn, they actually tweeted out a bunch of information. Now, Miru tweeted out, A company really shows you who they are when they respond to your application, which demonstrates that you're a highly qualified and experienced translator with a copy-paste email offering 120 yen per page for manga translation. The company in question is Mediabang, by the way. Now, likewise, David Evelyn tweeted out, A certain company is currently recruiting manga translators, but I can only laugh at how ridiculous the job requirements written in their email is. 1. Japanese language and to proficiency. 2. Manga game translations experience required. 3. Image editing typesetting program, including redrawing experience required. Despite having these three requirements, the rate they pay per page is 120 yen. I'm crying with laughter. Um, 
First of all, it's unclear whether they comprehend the job of a manga translator. Translation is handled by a translator. Lettering is handled by a letterer. And correction is handled by an editor. It's general practice to separate each of these or otherwise things won't move. They're not going to find a ghetto robo-like person that combines three people into one. LOL. And with that, I've got to say this is fucking insane and kind of... What the hell? It's really crazy what's some people do to save money for their income how is this going to end will media bang go under well i'll keep you up to date with what is going on with that now for something a little more positive some awesome news the executive committee for the 14th annual manga taisho awards that's the cartoon grand prize awards have announced this year's nominated works now the committee is comprised mainly of bookstore staffers who are in charge of their respective stores manga and this year, there are 95 individuals who selected from 216 titles. The only criteria, any manga title that was released in 2020 and has 8 volumes or less is eligible. Now, the reason for the volume cap is intentional, so that the prize winners would be relatively new works that have not already earned their popularity through sheer longevity. We're talking about you, One Piece. So... Some of the previous winners were, last year was The Blue Period, which we reviewed in this podcast. That's by Subasa Yamaguchi. Astra, Lost in Space by Kenta Shinohara, which is an awesome anime. Haven't read the manga yet, though. Uh, Beastars, which we've also reviewed by Paru Itagaki. Uh, Hibiki Shotsetsu ni Nara Hoho by Mitsuhara Yanamoto. And um, Golden Kamui by Satoru Noda, another manga we reviewed. So there's some great series on here but let's get to it so here are the nominees for 2021 who've made it to the first round and we have 10 you have Oshinoka by Aka Akasaka and Mego Yokoyari Chi Chikyo no Uda ni Suetai by Uoto now nominated again from last year we have Spy X Family by Tatsuya Edo which we've reviewed and Mizuwa Umi ni Mukata Negareto Reto Tajima. So those two were both nominated. So that's kind of cool. You have BL Metamorphosis by Kaori Surutani. Monster Number 8 by Yaoya Matsumoto. Kowloon Generic Romance by Jun Mayazuki. After that, there is Sosoni Feren by Kanehito Yamada with artwork by Abitsu Kasa. Uh, then you have Ona no Son no Hoshi by Yama Wayama. And finally, Karaoke Iko by Yama Wayama. So she's got, or they've got two in the running. So that's pretty cool. So the second round is going to determine who the winners are going to be. And they'll be announced in mid to late March. So good luck to all these nominees. And we hope they win. Personally, I am rooting for Spike's family to get the just respect they deserve. But we'll see. So let's move on to some strange news. Now, author Ryu Tsukio, who is the author of the light novel Redo of Healer, has tweeted in English that an English-language version of the light novel series was refused by an on-seas publisher. I've received several inquiries about buying the English version of Redo of Healer, but it doesn't exist. We tried to publish the English version, but it was refused by an overseas publisher. The situation may change if many requests reach overseas labels. Now, this is kind of strange because one of his other works has received an English translation. 
Uh, Yen Press is publishing the world's finest assassin gets reincarnated in another world as an aristocrat. Now, this one I talked about that was released in December 29th. And it's kind of crazy that this was never... Well, the new one is never going to get a license. They've been rejected because it's a very simple premise. The title is actually... um, (sighs) This is long. Kaifoku Jutsushi no Yarana Oshi... Sokushi Mahotu skill copy no Chuetsu Heal, or Redo of Heal. And this is the original revenge fantasy light novel series, centering on a healer named Kyle, who is used and tossed around by his fellow adventurers on the assumption that healers cannot fight on their own. However, as when he achieves the ultimate healing magic and heals the world itself, he goes back four years to redo his life. This one seems just like any other light novel, so I'm curious why people are refusing it. There's got to be something. I don't know. Uh, hopefully we'll find out more information about this. So now let's get into some convention news. We got two conventions that have canceled their conventions. First off, SakuraCon, the Seattle-based anime convention, has canceled their 2021 convention due to the effects of COVID-19 and the pandemic. Now, any active 2021 membership for the convention will be transferred to 2022, and those rolled over to 2021 from the event are rolled over again. Now, the event was slated for April 2nd through 4th. And it kind of sucks because, well, last year was canceled by Seattle Mayor Jenny Durkins due to all permitted events being suspended. And that was because it was infeasible and against the best interest of the public to hold an in-person event. So this kind of sucks for anyone who's on the West Coast who wants to go to an anime con if your event is being canceled. Hopefully, next year, it sticks around. Now, the other convention, SetsuCon, has canceled their in-person event completely. But they're switching it over to a free-to-attend virtual event that takes place on April 10th through 11th. And if you have purchased a pre-registration for 2021, they will refund your pre-registration. And if you've booked a hotel room, they'll refund the uh, reservation and they'll cancel it. Now, anyone who wants to exist, uh, exhibit stuff and sell things, it's free, to, free of charge to switch over to that. And anyone who's done a panel already has to reapply on their updated panel page. So, yeah. Kind of sucks. This is If this is how 2021 is beginning, I'm concerned about other conventions like Anime Boston, Otakon, Anime Next, uh, Anime NYC, uh, Anime Weekend Atlanta, a couple other ones. I'm just curious, where is this? What's going to happen with this? How is it going to go? You know? Are things going to get worse? Well, we're going to have to wait and see and hope. So let's get to some crazy news. Now, the official Twitter account and website for the Die Berserk 10 exhibition for Kentaro Morai's Berserk manga has announced that they are delaying the event again. Uh, now, this original run was supposed to be January 30th through February 15th at Ikebukuru's Sunshine City in Tokyo, but due to the state of emergency due to COVID-19, it has been delayed for the foreseeable future. Now, this is going to be the first independent exhibition for the Berserk manga. And if you've never read Berserk, I highly recommend it. It is truly insane and violent. And while the ending is nowhere near sight because of Kintoromurai's really weird release schedule, it is truly an amazing series. And this seemed so intriguing, especially because of the fact that they ran a crowdfunding campaign in October to build a giant statue of Zod the Immortal for the exhibition. And they raised $130,000 for its goal. 
So, and its goal was 96,000. So they doubled their, not doubled, they they made more than their goal. And I would have loved to have seen what this looks like in pictures. Um, but if you did purchase tickets for this, uh, they are not going to be able to be used for the next session. So you're getting a complete refund, which is good. Hopefully they give you an opportunity to buy for the next session whenever it does happen. But they are selling a bunch of goods on the website, which they were going to sell in the actual event. And those include a Berserk-themed perpetual calendar, a Baylet plush bead-filled cushion, uh, a fine mat, which is a dinner mat, with Serpico on it. And then finally, you had a character board of When Femto is Born. For Berserk fans, these looked awesome. And it's a shame. I really wish this could have happened, but, ah, uh, well. That's, that is what it is. So now that the weird news is out of the way, let's actually get to some licensing news. And uh, thankfully, we only have one company that has licensing news this week, and that's Konancha. And they've listed seven new mangas that are going to be released digitally in March that are going to debut over consecutive Tuesdays in March. Now, only one of these will be also available in print. So let's go over some of these digital titles. First off, we have Araki Won't Be Tamed by... Kaparapara. This is coming out March 2nd, and the synopsis for this is, Yako has always lived in the shadow of her model actress younger sister, Yumno. So when she's surprised on her 17th birthday by super popular actor Araki Shigaraki, she assumes he's looking for Yuno until he declares his love for Yako. Not only that, but he's declared his love for her before, but now, as then she doesn't believe him. But he's determined, and if she won't see him as a boyfriend, maybe she'll see him as a pet. Bum, 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 bum. This one is a little weird. Next is Shaman King Macros. This is written by Hiroyuki Takai with art by Jet Kusamura coming out March 9th. What should be a bright future for the X-Laws is shadowed by the absence of Marco. Where could he have gone? And is something sinister behind it? Join the fan favorites in another Shaman King spinoff. Yay! We're getting more Shaman King. Hooray. After that, we have Blue Lock, which I'm really excited for. Uh, this is written by uh, Muniyuki Kaneshiro, who wrote As the Gods Will, with art by Yusuke Nomura, coming out March 16th. And after a disastrous defeat at the 2018 World Cup, Japan's team struggles to regroup. But what's missing? An absolute ace striker who could guide them to win. The Football Association is hell-bent on creating a striker who hungers for goals and thirsts for victory. And who can the decisive instrument in turning around a losing match? And to do so, they've gathered 300 of Japan's best and brightest young players. Who will emerge to lead the team? And will they be able to out-muscle and out-ego everyone who stands in their way? For those of you who are sports manga fans, this one is a unique concept on international football, a.k.a. soccer, and it's got some great artwork. So this one I'm very excited for the release. Uh, after this, you have The Dawn of the Witch by Tetsuyo and Kakeru Kobashiri and Takashi Iwazaki, coming out March 23rd. Now, the premise of this is, Serville is a magic student with no memory of his life before he met a mysterious blonde woman in an alley. Now he travels with his teacher, Ross, another student, Holt, and the beastman, Kondu, for special training. But this field trip may not be as routine as it seems. Hmm. Now we're going to get to the one manga that's also going to be released in print. I'm talking about Chasing After Aoi Kashiba. This is written by author Fly and art by 
Kaoka Hazuki. This is going to also be released on March 23rd. And Sohoko has lots of friends in high school, so there's no shortage of people to catch up with at her reunion. But the one face she wants to see is missing, that of Aoi Koshiba, her classmate and first love. A star of the basketball team, Aoi caught Sohoko's eye as an easy way to score social points. But when Aoi quit the team, an unexpected kiss pulls Sohoko closer to her than she expended to be. With a difficult walk, a difficult home situation, Aoi is in need of more than just a cynical social climber. She needs a true friend and something more. So this one seems very different for a romance series, and I must admit, it's got me interested. So now let's go to March 30th, and the next title is She's My Night by Saisho. Haruma Ichinose, 17, has been popular since he was born. So popular, in fact, that he figured no one could ever come close. Until he met Yuki Mogami. She's tall, cool, collected, and totally makes him crazy. He may just fall in love, but can he deal with falling for someone even more dashing than himself? Hmm. Also on March 30th, Those Snow White Notes, Mishiro no Oto, by Marumo Ragawa. When Setsu's grandfather died, so did Setsu's sound, quote-unquote, his unique creative spark. Grieving, he goes to Tokyo to find himself, but manages to become totally, literally lost on his first day. Only a chance meeting with Yuna, a.k.a. Yuka, the hostess, saves him from being robbed. At first glance, their lives seem totally different, but they're both striving for their dreams. Hers of becoming an actress and his of developing his talent with the shamisen. And it could just be that life in the raucous, unfeeling urban sprawl of Tokyo could be just what binds their fates together. This one, I have to admit, is my favorite of this list because it's totally different. It's not a high school drama. It's not a sports manga. No, it's about two people who are dealing with loss and life in Tokyo, and they're trying to move forward. This seems like a better version of a certain manga that I reviewed a couple of months ago. Yeah, so we'll see how this one goes when it does come out, and I definitely am excited to review it. So now, finally, let's get to some of the general news. Uh, on February 25th, Kinoko Higarashi will launch a sequel manga for their Funeru Futari Sumi Futari. They eat, sleep, and live together manga in Takumi Shoten's monthly comic Xenon magazine. The new sequel manga is titled Kuneru Futari Sumi Sum Futari Zoku. And this sequel manga picks up the story with Ritsuko and Shuichi, both 35 years old and now married for five years, and explores how they deal with jobs, married life, and their changing relationship with their respective parents. The original manga began with Ritsuko and Shuichi having dated for 10 years and living together for eight in a relationship that is more than lovers, yet still not yet married. So this one is a very, uh, if you're an adult, I think you'll get a total kick out of this because it's now dealing with married life the first part is them just courting so either way i think it's something that is going to be enjoyable to most people now on february 19th yu kunutani will be releasing a new manga inspired by go nagai's violence jack now that's a title i haven't heard in a long time we reviewed that back in episode 103 so yeah anyway so the new manga is titled violence jack 20xx 
It'll be released in Kodansha's monthly young magazine and will be a similar story to the original Violence Jack manga with a great Kanto hellquake ravaging Tokyo and the surrounding Kanto plains and it's now turned into a lawless wasteland and Violence Jack will go across the land doing whatever he does. Is it killing people? Is it ripping people in half? I'm just curious if we're going to have the crossover with Devilman in this, but that's slight spoilers. Anyway, on February 1st, which is next week, Tsunami Umino, the mangaka for the full-time wife escapist, is launching a new manga titled Travel Journey in Kodansha's Kiss magazine. The manga will tell the travel stories of an editor named Tama and a book employee named Hina. The first chapter features the two women going on a stay-at-home overseas trip, which that's kind of confusing. It's like a staycation where you're going to watch videos of overseas. I don't know. But this one is a more mature travel story, so we have that. On January 28th, that is tomorrow, the TV anime adaptation of the city of Tajimi's promotional manga, Yakunari Mug Cup Mo, Let's Make a Mug 2, is getting a separate manga adaptation, which will launch on Akita Shoten's free manga website, Manga Cross. So, to verify, uh, the city of Tajima made a promotional manga named Yokonari Mug Cup Mo. Let's make a mug too. This got a TV adaptation. Now, the anime adaptation is getting a manga adaptation. So, they're making an adaptation of a adaptation. Anyway... So the original creator, Osamu Kishiwara, is writing the story for the new manga. And the English website describes the manga as, The city of Tajimi, located in the southern port of Gifu Prefecture, Japan, is famous for Mino earthenware. The city is dotted with historical pottery producers and ceramic art museums. It has facilities where you can try your hand at making pottery and many restaurants that serve food of on Mino ware dishes. The story begins when it High school girl moves to a shopping street in Tajima. Many encounters and wait her, friends, town folk, ceramic art, etc. What will she discover in a town famous for ceramic? So this is Come to Tajima and Learn About Mugware. Ding! I don't know. I, I, I'm, I gotta say, it's probably gonna be cool, but I don't know. Uh, anyway, last bit of news. On January 25th, Shonen Jump will be publishing Yusei Matsui's Nigijos no Wakagimi, the young lord who's skilled at escaping. Escaping. It's going to be released in English. We talked about this last episode. And it's about the hist- escaping historical facts story centering on a hero who has been lost to history and is now unknown. This actually was released this week. And I got to say, it's weird. So I'm putting it on the wheel of manga. We'll see if it does come out. So... Speaking of which, let's get to the actual manga review of the episode. So, if you remember from the last episode, I spun that one, that only, the Wheel of Manga, and it dictated onto me that I'd be reviewing a manga that was written by that one, that only, Kazuo Koike, creator of Lone Wolf and Cub, Mad Bull 34, Path of the Assassin, and dare I say, Crying Freeman. This is also illustrated by Ryuichi Ikami. The artist on Crying Freeman, but this is their first collaboration together. So this is before the insanity of Crying Freeman. And I gotta say, that was toned down compared to this. So be expecting a lot of insane shit. Uh, this is published by Shogakuken, but released over here by Comics One Magazine. I actually have a copy of this. It is a sentence series that originally ran from 1981 to 1986 with 11 volumes. 
And fun fact, this was actually recommended by a person on our Discord, Yojimbo Koike. Good job. Uh, it's cool I spun it, so let's get to it. I'm talking about Kuzuo Bito, or Wounded Man. This is... Okay, um, to explain this simply... Um, I'm not going to go in chronological order of the manga. I have to go in actual chronological order of the story. So, th- there is a guy named Kis- Kisuke Ibaraki. He is a Japanese guy who is now living in America with his girlfriend. And he is a USC quarterback. Life is amazing. He's getting touchdowns, he's kicking ass, and he loves his girlfriend. who's a former biker girl named Natsuko Komiya. And one day, they're hanging out after a great game. Things are great. And a cop shows up and tells Natsuki, we need to talk to you for a second. And she disappears. Kisuke walks outside. And a big dude shows up and says, hey, look for your girlfriend. Come with us. Within a limo. Turns out the girlfriend's in the trunk of the limo. And they're bringing them to a huge mansion. And in there is a weird, mysterious lady who doesn't introduce herself. And she explains that she represents... GPX, God's Pornographic X-Rated Films, an evil organization that makes super expensive rich porn for people that has any actor possible. And they want Kisuke Ibaraki, the football star who everyone loves to star in their pornography. And they are giving him a football made out of $100 bills. And the, the $100 bills for the football is $10 million. And they are giving him five of these footballs. So they're going to give him five, $50 million cash to be a porno star with his girlfriend right there. And he loves his girlfriend. His girlfriend loves him. It's a whole thing of when they first met. Uh, he had to prove himself to her because he fell in love with her. He actually tattooed this really cool lizard on him because she's crazy. A lot of stuff. Insanity, sex, all that stuff. He says no, so they get knocked out and they're locked in a prison cell together because she doesn't believe that love exists and she's going to see what happens. So they're locked in for days, not given food, not given water, and it gets like it gets kind of ridiculous. They run out of tap water, they're going to kill themselves, and then a dude comes in and proceeds to, let's be honest, he rapes the girlfriend in front of him to get him hard because they're going to film him having sex with a famous tennis star. And, yeah, uh, it sounds ridiculous anyway. So, long story short, the guy who brought him in, who is a representative named Gendai Seguri, helps him escape, even though that's after he ends up raping his girl, uh, uh, Kisuke's girlfriend helps him escape gets killed but before he dies he tells him gxp is around the world you need to find somewhere to hide the only place that they're not in is brazil go to brazil you'll be safe there and he ends up going to brazil and he ends up working with a bunch of gold miners down there and ends up becoming in charge of all the gold the other thing is that because of this experience and the shock his long luscious black hair is now white so he is a tall scary man with white hair who Proves how badass he is by them pouring gold on his back and it hardens and now has a gold strip on his back. And he's scarred up so they believe him and he ends up in charge of this town which is selling gold. Now in Japan, a news reporter for NHK by the name of Yuko Kusaki hears about the gold in 
Brazil and that there's a mysterious individual, a Japanese guy who's a, I forgot the exact term, but he's like essentially a gold miner who's making a shit ton of money. So she's going to go there and investigate. And when Yuko goes there to investigate, uh, it's kind of weird, creepy, and then randomly a mysterious man shows up and rapes her to get her to leave the country because the mob is after them. Yeah, instead of saying, mob's after you leave, he decides, I'm going to rape you to scare you into leaving. Yeah. And this is and this is the first chapter, by the way, This the, the, the rape scene. The, the flashback is in the second volume. So anyway, she ends up getting a love-hate relationship for this guy. It does not want to leave because despite the fact that he took her virginity, no, in spite of him taking her virginity, she also is fascinated by his story, wants to see what his deal is, because he turns out to be the guy she's looking for, whose name is Rio uh, Baraki, who turns out to be actually Keske. So now the whole thing is he is working to get gold to get $100 million in gold, because he's going to use that enough money to bribe every politician on the planet to get rid of GPX. That is his goal. He's going to get enough money to bribe everybody, and... She decides to help him out. And then it gets even more insane when he has to speak to go to his old his old group. There's in scenes where she gets bitten by a tick in a specific spot in order to scratch her itch. They gotta You know what? It just it's fucking ridiculous. It really is. One girlfriend gets fridged. Uh I'm not gonna lie, because it's been over it's been over ten years, so I could spoil the shit out of this. Um, after volume four, Yoko, who's become the love interest for Kesuke, gets fridged. Then the next girl he meets who, who helps him out, she becomes his girlfriend, and then she gets fridged. And then another girl who tries to kill him becomes his new girlfriend, and then that's where the series ends, is after five, was it four or five girlfriends? This is fucking insane, even for, for Kazuo Koike. It's like Crying Freeman was like, here's the story. It makes sense. And then it goes off the rails. This is that second part of Crying Freeman as the start. Because it's just, it's every 10 pages is just fucking and then maybe a violent scene, but more fucking and then absurdities with fucking and then fucking and then nudity and then rape and then fucking and fucking. And it's like, and this is not a hentai. This is just straight up a sudden manga that makes that's supposed to be a revenge story and it's fuck man I don't even know how to say this it's just insane like Crying Freeman has a really cool hook Crying Freeman the whole hook is he was brainwashed he's a potter he's now an assassin he wants to better himself and then he finds his wife uh has to kill her, doesn't want to kill her, and they become a thing, and then she joins the mafia. But there's a progression story. I mean, yes, it gets ridiculous later on when he is having to fight a guy in a luchador mask because the other guy beat up his friend who he is having sex with also, and then put her into a coma. Because, yeah, insanity. This is fucking insane. And it gets more ridiculous later on when you have the FBI involved. I, the artwork is beautiful. I'm not going to deny that. Uh, Ryoichi Ikigami is an amazing artist. That can't be denied. He's amazing at backgrounds. He's amazing at anatomy, at figure drawing, at 
basic shapes he's great at. While yes, he does have the whole 80s thing where all anything below the belt is lightsabers. You just see white, nothing else. Which is kind of, you know, it's not porn. Which is fine. But you have, he has great art style. That cannot be denied. And the overall story of someone wanting revenge going to Brazil makes sense. It's just, for some reason, when these two psychopaths collaborate, it goes fucking off the wall to insanity. I mean, Kazuo Koike can write. He's really good at writing. But then again, he also does write a lot of rape and sex and other things. Just Mad Bull 34, the fact that uh, Sleepy is essentially a pimp by night, cop by day. And then the opening of Path the Assassins, where the girl, uh, he has to... um, uh, Hanzo has to teach the Emperor about sex by raping a girl. It's kind of... Yeah, a lot of rape in this. I don't know. It's just something about them that just... It doesn't click. Uh, this For its time, it's interesting. But this is a garbage series. It's ridiculous. It's just... Uh, I can't even... I mean, part of me is like, I should say good things about this. But I'm like, yeah, no. I. It just... Compared to the other stuff, it's shit. It really is. This is a take it to a priest purified and burn it. I want to give it a good rating, but no. This is take it to a priest purified and burn it. Like, the thing with Sleepy Estes, it actually has a story. It's really cool. Like, Mad Bull 34, really awesome. Uh, Crying Freeman, like I said, really awesome. Path the Assassins, really awesome. Samurai Executioner, really awesome. Lady Blood, uh, Snowblood, really awesome. This... What the fuck was he thinking? Was he just doing a bunch of coke and blow and said, I'm going to come up with a story that makes no sense. And I'm going to keep fridging girlfriends because I have issues. Because that's really a psychological issue. Is like the fact he has such contempt for women in this. There's something wrong there. There's something that should be addressed. I don't know if it's because Kazuo Koike has a fear of women or if there's something else going on. Just looking at his artwork in general... I'm pretty sure he needs to see a therapist. Uh, but, yeah. So this is Take It to Your Priest, Purified, and Burn It. Our lowest rating. This is a garbage series. Um, for its time, it would have been good. But it is not something to read in the positive. Now, I know I said that the artwork is, is really good. Yes, the artwork is really good. But that doesn't even salvage it. It doesn't matter. Usually I'd be like, oh, I'll give it a rematerial re- your local correction facility. No, I can't even. This is just... It just spirals down the toilet further and further and further. It's I had to read it to finish it, but and usually I'm into this violent shit, but this one just when the first thing is you see a girl being empowered. I'm a martial artist. I can kick ass. You're getting sent to Portugal. Cool. And then she goes there, and then the guy just straight up rapes her, and that's yeah, no, no. This is a piece of shit manga, and honestly, uh, Kazuo Koike should hide this. Um, Yojimbo Koike, thank you for recommending this, but why the fuck would you have me read this? I don't think I'm going to take any recommendation you have again. Yeah, so I'm going to leave it there. I'm leaving it fucking there. And I know I'm cursing a lot this episode, but that's my frustration with this. So anyway, um, if you want to check out any of our earlier episodes and our more G-rated or our better manga episodes, you can check them out at www.spirekin.com or you can check us out on any of your music places of choice. You can do Google Play, you could do iTunes, you can use Intune. 
wherever. Just look up SPIRAK and I guarantee you find us one way or the other and, or look in our social media notes. And with that in mind, let's actually get to something a little bit fun. Uh, the manga releases for the week. And this time we only have 16 titles, not a lot. So this excites me because we got some great titles on here. Uh, you got this release. So what was released yesterday on January 26th? You had Cutie and the Beast Volume 2, Destiny Lover Volume 5, How Not to Summon a Demon Lord Volume 10, Love and Lies Volume 10, Our Teachers Are Dating Volume 2, Parallel Paradise Volume 4, Sayonara Football Volume 3, The Conditions of Paradise, Azure Dreams, the manga, The Demon Girl Next Door Volume 1, The Misfit of Demon King Academy Volume 3, To the Abandoned Sacred Beast Volume 11, and then... Waiting for Spring, Volume 14. Welcome to Succumbus High, Volume 2. Yamada-kun and the Seven Witches, 23 to 24. And then finally, Yuna and the Haunted Hot Springs, Volume 12. For me, I'm interested in To the Abandoned Sacred Beast because that series is still awesome. And The Demon Girl Next Door and Misfit of Demon King Academy, I'm those ones are kind of guilty pleasures for me. Uh, Sayonara Football, meh. And our teachers are dating. I've heard good things, so we'll have to wait and see. So which of these are you interested in? Let me know. Email me, zanspirekin.com. So, before we go any further, I'd like to thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. I try to do the best I can to bring you the best content possible, even if we get episodes like this where the manga review isn't up to snuff. But worry not. We have been doing this since 2008, and I'm going to keep going as long as I can till I am an old man who will read manga and be looked at like a weirdo and i'll keep doing that because i want to make you guys happy and i love doing this so now let's get to the part that you've all been waiting for the most popular part of the podcast and what am i talking about i'm talking about that one that only the Yes, friends, the Wheel of Manga, except no substitute. Now, what is the Wheel of Manga? The Wheel of Manga is a Wheel of Fortune with 10 slots on. What I've done is I've assigned a manga tile to each of the 10 slots. And when I spin this Wheel of Manga, whatever number it lands on, that slot, the manga that's on there, is the one I review in the next episode of the Spyrokin Manga Review. And I've got some great titles on here. There's four that I'm really excited for and one that I'm really cringing. So let's see what we're going to get. Will I get the cringy one or will I get a cool, awesome one? Let's see. Number seven. So in the next episode, I'm going to be reviewing a manga, which is apparently about a girl and a weird thing. What we're talking about is Rainbow and Black. Is this going to be good? Is it going to be bad? Well, you're going to have to wait and find out. So as usual, thank you guys for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you. I hope that your week is great. Listen to our other podcasts that we have on this uh, server. And as usual... I'm your host, Zan. I'm Gonsville. Catch you guys next time, and keep reading manga. See ya!